Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's guest is Vanessa Benson. Vanessa is a wife, mother, and the author of the book, Out Came the Sun, which covers her experience of postpartum depression from a Christian perspective. So today we're talking all things postpartum depression and anxiety, how the church could handle this better, and how we can walk alongside our friends that are struggling. Vanessa, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation. We're talking about postpartum depression, which is a conversation that we have fairly regularly here on the podcast and on like social media and stuff like that. But you and I were talking before we started recording. I just think it's really important to keep having this conversation because I think different people have different experiences, which gives them different perspectives. And really, to me, this is a topic you can't over talk. We just like, we have to keep talking about it. Yeah. And so obviously to get us started, I want to give you the chance to tell us about yourself, tell us a little bit about your story and let us get to know you. Sure. So I am a mom of four crazy kids, uh, 12, nine, six, and just turned two last Saturday. Wow. Um, and been married for 16 years to my college sweetheart. So that's, I don't know, it feels like he's the other extension of me, like we're yeah. this one weird person. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and we just recently moved out to a more rural place and, um, I'm really trying to be brave, but spiders are still Mm-mm. around. I try Mm-mm. not to scream, but I'm getting tougher. Like there's yeah. ants crawling on me. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. Ants are okay, but spiders, I'm not there. It's fun. It's a different yeah. pace of life than living in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had postpartum depression and anxiety with two of my four kids, which is, I think, interesting because mm-hmm. I've had one and three completely fine. And I know what a normal postpartum period is like. Mm. So to have it with two of them is uh, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, with my first time I had it, I had, uh, severe anxiety. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was just malfunctioning. I right. like if compared to like a computer, just going haywire and melting down. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I just mm-hmm. stopped sleeping, stopped eating and was worrying about every single thing that could possibly go wrong or that was going wrong. The baby. He would cough. I'd run him to the doctor and be like, he's has pneumonia. Like, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. And the trickiest part was that I would go to my general practitioner. I went to my OB and they're like, oh yeah, motherhood's super hard. I'm like, no, that doesn't feel like this is what that is. No, I've had a baby. Like I know it's hard. It's hard, but this is different. Right. Um, so it actually took, I was at the pediatrician's office again and the pediatrician took my husband aside and was like, I think she might have postpartum depression. Mm. And that was the first time I had heard that term or heard that label. And I was like, Oh, this is called something. And it was shocking. 
Yeah. It was shocking. So once I figured that out, I was able to go to Dr. Google and figure out like, what is it? And then I found a doctor who specialized in that. I went to go see her and she kind of normalized everything. Mm. There was like an intake form and I was like, yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. I literally felt like someone had been watching me in my yeah. house. I'm like, how do they know all of these things about me? So yeah, that was postpartum number one. And so yeah. I think it's super interesting that you had it with half. You had it half of, with half of your kids because yep. I have two and I had postpartum depression with one and anxiety with the other. So I don't huh. know what a normal postpartum right. experience looks or feels like. <clears throat> and yeah. when we were originally kind of corresponding about you coming on the show to talk about this, you kind of threw some really interesting statistics in your mm-hmm. like original emails. And so I kind of asked you to like be our researcher and tell us yes. like some of those really interesting postpartum statistics yes so it ranges like some people say it's one in five one in seven one in ten I mean it varies with reporting and right how that's being picked up um where it's yeah it's more common than you would ever think and I think that's the thing that people just don't talk about it and um since I have had it and I am now an open book. And once I start talking about it, people are able to then open up. Um, yeah. And I look around, I'm like, oh, that is the statistic. Like in our school population or whatever it is, I'm like, I know statistically there are more people here suffering. Yes. And so I just try and be open. I try and look. And it's crazy now I can kind of pick people out. Mm-hmm. I you can and like I'm not spot to it. Creepy. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I and I, I'm like, I see you. And I just, at that point, I'm intentional about sharing my story so that, just you know, with no expectation of them sharing back, but to give them the opportunity if they're ready and wanting to have that conversation. Sometimes for the first time mm-hmm. ever, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, how have you had this for nine years mm. and been suffering, and then? It's beyond me right? how how much people have suffered. Absolutely. Well, and if you think about, I mean, even if you go up to what the the highest number that reports will show, which is like one in eight, I mean, if you have 20 friends, two of them, that's with the highest statistic. If you go with the lowest, which I tend to lean more towards, four of your friends. Yeah. are most likely suffering in silence because mm-hmm. they either a don't know what it is like you did they they right. just feel like they're yep. they they're broken something is broken yeah. or they are experiencing shame and guilt this is supposed to be the best yeah. time of my life i finally had a baby everything yeah. is like coming up roses and i just hate it all and so obviously it's me or they just right. don't feel safe to talk to somebody they feel For like, sure. you know, I see you see those horror stories on the Internet of people who do go to their OBs or their general practitioners. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen them, but I feel like I see yes. them often where the, the, the OB or the, the general practitioner like calls child protection right. on them. 
you know, and that's, they don't understand it. They right. don't have the training, right? which is shocking. So that's <laughs> equally terrifying. Like if not more yeah. terrifying than like experiencing judgment or shame. And so I right. think, unfortunately, it's even more common for women to be suffering in silence, really with mental health in general, but with this specific postpartum anxiety or depression right. within the church, within Christian culture. We, it's 2019 and we are just now figuring out how to have conversations about medication, therapy, yeah. not being okay, and that like God may never heal this right you know and so i would love for you to kind of share your experience in that and you know i know we want to kind of lead the conversation towards like how can we as the church because we are the church like how can we Mm -hmm. be better at this right yeah so i've heard not only personally but in hearing other people's story who had shut down emotionally was that the church would say, Oh, you actually have a sin issue Ooh. because it's anxiety. And the Bible says, don't be anxious. So like you actually have to take care of this sin issue. Like, what are you not confessing, etc. And I've done, I am no theologian, but I've done some studying on the word because it was disturbing to me like that, because here's the thing. I know I can worry intentionally like, Oh, right. What's my kid going to do at school today? Is he going to get in trouble or whatever it is? And I can go down a worry path. Mm -hmm. And that's intentional. Mm -hmm. Where when I have experienced true anxiety, it takes over my body. Mm -hmm. Completely. Like I I feel like I have no control. Like heart racing. Sweat. All of it. All the things. So it's all the things. So to say that it's a sin issue when your body is not doing well is um quite hurtful (laughs) uh absolutely frankly I just recently did a kind of like a series on my Instagram stories about spiritual bullies Mm. and people who use scripture or whatever to to bully other people and one of the most and so I kind of asked for I kind of opened the mic and was like tell me your experiences tell me your stories And over and over and over were the messages of, I finally opened up about having anxiety and the person turned around and said, you must have a secret sin Mm -hmm. or the same thing with depression or you're not praying enough or you don't have Mm -hmm. enough faith. Right. Yeah. And I was like reading my Bible, like intently, like, God, please come in and fix this. This was the, I didn't sleep for 11 days. Right. So I had maybe 45 minutes every couple days. And then I'd wake up in a full blown panic. And Mm. I was like, what is happening to my body? And I, like I said, I'm not a huge nature person trying to be, but (laughs) I would go outside to try and it was weird. I was drawn to the sun, like Mm. the physical sun. I was trying to draw to Jesus too, but that didn't seem to be helping me per se. But, um, later learned from my psychiatrist that the my body was seeking the vitamin d to try and heal itself which i think is incredible so cool so cool life passes quickly but truth lasts forever the csb legacy note-taking bible offers beautiful cover options including a genuine leather cover with a unique closing strap 
From the moments that mark your spiritual journey to the truths from God's Word that change your life, the CSB Legacy Note-Taking Bible is a perfect place to collect the truths you cherish in your walk with God. Write it down, pass it on. Order your copy today at lifeway.com. Okay, real quick, don't skip over this. I need to tell you about something super exciting. The Crappy Christian Podcast finally has merch. I am going to absolutely toot my own horn and tell you that is stocked full of really great and really fun designs. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, hats. You are going to love them. So jump over to crappychristianpodcast.com slash shop to check it out. I want to believe (laughs) my inner, like, my inner optimist tries to fight her way out sometimes. And I want to believe that people say those things because they don't know what to say. Yeah. Right. They don't know what to say and they feel like they need to, or should be able to, or want to fix it. And that feels like a way to fix it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm struggling to believe that if I'm being totally honest, like it's just that people want, I think to put like a sticker on it. Like, even my mom, whom I, who I love is like, don't worry, be happy. Mm. Like, Thanks, that Mom. doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work in this situation. Like, no. I wish I could do that. Like, right. I, you know, your baby's beautiful and healthy. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm not trying to be this way. You know, right. if I could snap out of it, trust me, I would, right. you know, in a heartbeat. And like I said, having had normal postpartum right, and not normal, I'm like, I feel that there is something wrong with me. Right. Like I know it's not that I'm trying to be sad for no reason. Right. I'm not being dramatic. My yeah. brain is freaking out and I don't yeah. know how to fix that. And so yeah. I want to equip people. I would love to believe that the people that listen to this podcast are not the people that are telling others that their anxiety is because of sin or not enough faith but that doesn't mean that that everybody listening feels incredibly Mm -hmm. equipped to love someone who is walking through postpartum depression heck I've had it and I still sometimes when I can like spot it in a friend I'm like what is overstepping and what is helpful Mm -hmm. you know like what is not my place and what is and so how did people effectively step in and help you in that season um it sometimes looked like my husband just making phone calls for me because I literally had no brain space to even have a conversation yeah like not a sentence not a thought I'm like help me (laughs) so he's the one who had to pick up the phone and call the therapist call the psychiatrist Mm. to get all these pieces because it's actually really hard to like bring this support team and with my the first time I had it I had after 11 days of not sleeping and he was exhausted my husband called doulas to come in which was Mm. so scary for me it was a total control thing yeah and and I don't know if that's part of my six (laughs) style the the need for safety you know absolutely So I feel like it was even harder for me to accept the help. So yes, having my husband step in and kind of manage some of those pieces. I had a friend who 
I feel like not many friends fully got it. Like, I feel like you have to walk through it almost right. to fully get it. Right. And at that point, um, just having a friend to call, mm-hmm. even at 2 a.m. when I'm not sleeping and just to be there, mm-hmm. I can't explain it more than like, I'm not, I don't need to have a conversation with you per se. Like, I just need to know that there's someone there who's going to ground me because I feel like I'm all over the place. And I just need to know that like someone's here, someone gets me and I just got to get through this moment or this, you know, time where right. I'm feeling so out of control. And right. I was waking up my husband all the time. Like, honey, like I feel, you know, so scared or whatever, but I'm like, he needs to sleep because he's right. the only coherent one taking care of the baby. Right. So, right. There's that. <laughs> he- he can sleep. I need to let him sleep, which yes. I totally get. I I still, gosh, just struggling with general anxiety. I, I woke my husband up maybe a week ago because I swore. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is just like a side note. But I swore that I felt weird. And I was like, we're all going to mm-hmm. die of carbon monoxide. But like we have a carbon yeah. monoxide monitor and it wasn't yep. going off. And like there was no natural gas. Like. But it's just, and so I get that. Yeah. I get like waking your spouse up and then being like, wait, I, somebody's <laughs> got to be, somebody's got to be okay here. Yeah. I got to leave you alone. <laughs> and I think that, that I, I definitely <clears throat> agree as far as be there. Like you don't even have to have the right things to say. No. Just knowing <clears throat> that you're going to be there, that you're not going to judge me. You may have questions and you may not understand, but I also think that there are really, tangible things like if you this is a definite like if you have earned the right to if you have done life long enough to Mm -hmm. and you spot this in their life like you show up and you hold their baby while they take a nap or 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 if if for me just hold their baby period just hold their baby and be there yeah they may not be able to like walk away and go take a nap and rest but just hold their baby and talk to them. Bring coffee. Yep. Like, yep. you know, just I really think that over and over when I have these conversations, the answer is consistently like just show up. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to have the answers. I don't need no. you to fix it. I just need to know that I'm not alone because this stuff is so isolating. Yes, it's so isolating. And I think I remember one of my dark days before I had gotten medication, which was a complete godsend. Mm -hmm. But before that, I remember driving around with my husband and like so out of it because I was so tired and I would see these moms at the parks with babies like the same age as my son. And I was like stunned. I'm like, how are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, how did you get out of the house? How did you get on clothes? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, those are the moms that you see visibly, the ones like me, we're in the house. You know what right. I mean? Like, so you only get to see half of a picture right. of what's happening where the other half is really concealed, you know? And so it's hard not to compare yourself to. Right. The well, and then you add on dressed. top of that social media and oh, like yeah. having a baby in the social media age where you can, as someone who struggles with mental health, consistently I know that I am very capable of being in one of my worst spots but portraying on social media like I'm fine and it's not that I'm trying to lie it's not that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to fake it it's just it 
it's just something that we do. I don't even fully know why, but I know for a fact that I've watched moms do it. Act like everything is fine. Yeah. Look how cute my baby is. Look how cute my family is. And they're drowning, which is just like this yeah. added layer to, okay, I'm not seeing you out and I'm not seeing you. Don't, you haven't really seemed like yourself, but on social media, you seem fine. So right. I, I don't really know what to do there. And so I would just yeah. like, I, it's, gosh, it's so hard because I think so much of the mental health conversation is ask for help. Ask for help. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. There's hotlines and there's, you know, conversations. But, like, sometimes you just can't. Yep. Like, sometimes you can't ask for help. And so thank God for spouses that come alongside us and and help us make appointments. Yeah. And thank God for friends who spot it in us and and step in. Yeah. Because, gosh, sometimes the answer just isn't ask for help because we can't. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's claw for help. Like you're just whatever is left in you to be open to that. And right. it's so interesting because in my fourth kid, second postpartum period, I was in such denial. Like mm. I had written the book. I had, you know, gone through it. I knew what it was but I wasn't even admitting to myself that it happened. Like it was mm. happening. And one of my close friends who I walked through it came to visit me. The baby was three or four days old. And I saw her and there was like a piece of me that wanted to say, help me. Mm -hmm. I'm drowning. Like I feel it. I'm so scared. I feel it coming on, but I didn't mm -hmm. because admitting it to her would be admitting it to me. Right. And I wasn't there yet. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just feeling a little weird, but I'm going right. to be okay. Like, literally, like, I literally wrote a, a book. Right. <laughs> I literally read a book. Right. It, I should know better. And there was yeah. so much shame with that. Like, you should know better. You should be able to talk your way out of it. But here's That's the thing is that depression is a liar. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So it, um, it's crazy how much it lies. And yeah. I mean, Satan's a bad guy. <laughs> He's pretty bad, dude. He's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. Tell us about your book. Um. So yes, I wrote "Out Came the Sun," which was kind of a reaction to Brooke Shields' "Down Came the Rain." Mm. You know, down came the rain. Out came the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, I had zero intention of writing a book, really, because. I mean, I have a lot of kids, and they're very needy <laughs> and loud, and. Like I can't a lot even of work. like shower. Yeah, I can't shower alone. Right, I can't pee alone. So writing a book, I'm like, mm, that's not right. That's not gonna happen, God. Right, like sorry. Right. Um. But God kept putting it on my heart. I'm like, I kept pushing it away, pushing it away. And then one night we went. My husband and I went to this worship night, and this person gets up. And they're like, you know, whoever. I just want to pray for whoever God has put a book on their heart and. You know, that that would, you know, come to be. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Fine. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't run anymore. Yeah. Um, but I had never seen a resource. I mean, this was nine years ago. Mm -hmm. A resource that was a Christian resource. Because I'm like, how do you reconcile all this being a Christian? Like, right. I can read all these books on postpartum depression, anxiety. But I'm like, I need a little more 
don't know what the word is perspective that's similar (laughs) to mine i need a little more jesus in mine yeah how do you reconcile all this terrible stuff and you're a christian how does that work out right yeah and the medication piece taking medication even though i felt very i guess guilty about it like well jesus couldn't save me Mm. in this so i have to take medication that Mm -hmm. felt like a huge failure piece i guess yeah um so yeah this book was kind of my reaction to yeah which i loved down came the rain but it just didn't have all the answers for me right not that my book does but it's out came the sun because it was my hopeful journey beyond postpartum depression like what does it look like on the other side of that yeah and everyone's is gonna look different but i think regardless there's hope that it's not going to be that dark that long that there's ways out yeah so i just wanted to my intention was to feel like i was walking alongside the reader and just sharing my journey I love that. I love that so much. Um, And I loved this whole conversation. I know that I've had multiple women on to talk about their postpartum experiences. And every single time, the conversation is completely different and Mm. offers a totally different perspective and different resources and tangible ways to walk through it and walk with someone through it. And so I'm so thankful that you share your story and that you're bold and you're brave and you kind of try to speak for the for the one in five that is kind of Mm -hmm. drowning on their own. So um, we are going to wrap up with our rapid fire questions, which are really fun and light in comparison to what we just talked about. So it's fine. (laughs) Um, We already talked. You're a six wing five, right? Yes. I'm learning more about what that means, but yeah, it's very interesting. And then my, in my triangle, thing as I'm learning mm-hmm. uh I go to a three in stress mm-hmm. which I totally see like I start really? doing random things like reupholstering chairs <laughs> and making dehydrated fruit and making cookies and <laughs> while I'm trying to homeschool my kids and I'm like this, this is, is a really ridiculous. terrible coping <laughs> mechanism but somehow accomplishing these things right deep down makes me feel better obviously because I keep doing it so Gosh, how funny is yeah. that? Which so eights go to five when they're stressed. Mm. So we have that we have that in common. Um, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? I love date night with my oh, husband. We've been doing gosh. it since we were in college. Once, a, I mean, it's because we had I had roommates in college, so we would have like a special night or. They were gone, and I got to cook him dinner. So it's like Aww. date night. Yeah, so. I love that. So, yeah, I know a good date night really can always pull me out of a funk. Yeah, for sure. Without people like you know on your leg, right. screaming exactly. at you. Exactly, that's helpful. Uh, what is the last thing you watched on TV? <laughs> um, Crazy Rich Asian. The movie. Yes, I haven't like seen it or read the book or anything. I feel like I need to. I read the book, saw the movie, preferred the book, but the movie was kind of cute. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your experience and your wisdom with us. This was such a a great conversation. Um, Tell people where they can find and follow you. Yeah, so I haven't been great about keeping up with anything 
social media. Uh -huh. It's my little one. Um, but Vanessa S S Benson.com. Okay. Um, has some links to like resources like postpartum support international, et cetera, which are great in finding, helping to find local help. Um, awesome. I have a Facebook kind of page, Yeah. but it's, I go through a conversation that I had basically transcripted from a text with my friend who I was walking through it. So it's like very real, very yeah. honest, uh, a text thread of our yeah. conversations. So it might be helpful to some people. Absolutely. I'll definitely, we will uh, link those things in your show description. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. Bye.